Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I'm in my office today. I've been doing Facebook Lives and webinars uh, all week. Once in a while, um, these days, usually just once a year actually, we release the food freedom videos out into the world. This is a set of videos that I shot some years ago now. Um, and they explain the psychology and neuroscience of sustainable weight loss, what's going on with the obesity epidemic, the big mistakes that people are making when they try to lose weight. And um, really they do my best to encapsulate the, um, the science that I used to teach in my college course on the psychology of eating when I had this unit on the neuroscience of food addiction that I used to teach my students. And I don't teach that course anymore because um, I do this <laughs> instead. So um, I recorded these videos to try to you know, have something to give to the world to uh, explain what's going on because I just see so much sort of confusion and misery out there. And uh, so we released these videos out into the world. A lot of people watch them. And like this week, more people are going to probably start the Bright Line Eating Bootcamp um, and start Bright Line Eating in general, whether it's using the book or the 14-day challenge. More people are going to start Bright Line Eating this week than any other week of the year, just because we're, you know, doing this big food freedom push thing. So um, I wanted to take this week's vlog to share my best thinking around the attitude that's most helpful when you start Bright Line Eating. Not just the attitude, but the, the specific strategies that emerge from that attitude, okay? Um, a few weeks ago, it wasn't that long ago, two weeks ago maybe, I was on the accountability call in the morning um, with my Bright Lifers. Uh, so we hop on the phone at 8 a.m. Eastern um, and, you know, people who can't be there live listen to the recording if they want to. And um, I was coaching this woman and she had a list of questions. They were really good questions, too. And one of them, it was like question number six or something was like, Susan, I've been doing this for a year and I don't really feel like I'm doing it right. I think I'm missing the surrender piece. Can you explain to me what surrender is? Like, what does it feel like? What, how would I know if I'm surrendered? What am I striving for? Ooh, and it made me think, you know, to come up with an answer for that. And I, I, I like the answer I came up with. So I wanna share it with you because to me, the attitude of surrender is the most helpful frame of mind to start bright line eating with. Like that's the key, is to go into this with an attitude of surrender. Now, to some people, surrender is a spiritual thing. To some people, it's a practical thing. To some people, it's a mystical thing. Like, what is that? And I don't get it, right? It's a mystery. Um, so I wanna use a couple of different analogies. One that I shared with her and one that I've, uh, that I made up on the spot and one that I've thought of for a long time now that I maybe even talked about in some other vlog. But um, I wanna share these two analogies and then sort of break down the strategies that sort of fall out of thinking about surrender in that way. Because what I notice is that people who start the Bright Line Eating Bootcamp really surrendered tend to do really well. And people who struggle down the line usually come around to realizing that the issue is that they're not surrendered. And then they kind of double back and say, all right, what is this surrender thing and how do, I, how do I make it work for me? How do I get there? How do I, how do I get to the surrender piece, okay? 
So the first analogy is one I've been using for a long time, and it has to do with American football. So I was raised on American football. I was raised in San Francisco. And um, if you sort of figure out how old I am and the fact that I was raised in San Francisco, it makes sense that I'm an American football fan because, you know, the San Francisco 49ers were pretty darn good when I was a kid. They were dominant. And, you know, they won the Super Bowl in 1982 when I was eight years old. They won the Super Bowl again in 1985 when I was 11 years old. And 1989 and 1990 when I was 14 and 15 years old. And then they won it again in 1995 when I was 21. So, you know, all and, and they were pretty much in the playoffs and or the um, championships, the NFC championships, pretty much every year in between there. So they were winning their division just about every year. Now, you don't have to know anything about American football to get this. If you do know a little bit, it will help, but you, it's not necessary. So if you're not a sports person, that's fine. Um, and if you live in a country other than America, you probably know that American football is not played with the feet. <laughs> it's a really bad name for it. It's not soccer, what we call soccer. It's more like your rugby, um, except it's the boring version where they stop all the time to set up again. You know, it's not continuous play. So anyway, uh, I, when I lived in Australia, I uh, came to know that our football is sort of, anyway, not viewed the same way around the world. Okay. So in American football, there's the quarterback, right? And the quarterback gets the ball. And it gets hiked to, to him. It's always a him, right? Gets hiked to him. And then he steps back a few feet. And then it's his job to decide what to do with it, right? And there's a bunch of guys up there in a line trying to run up and tackle him. But his guys are protecting him from that. Like, they're, they're called the linemen. And they're, they're there sort of matched up one-on-one -on -one, trying to, like, keep keep those guys back, right? And if they do a good job, they create what's called a pocket for the quarterback. The quarterback steps back and he's protected. His linemen are up there doing their job and staving off the onslaught. And Joe Montana used to drop back into the pocket and look like he had all day. Like he'd just be looking around, might gonna throw it to that guy. He would just wait for his runners, right, his wide receivers, to run out. Jerry Rice was among them. Gosh, I loved those days. Oh, I miss Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. So they, Jerry Rice would be running back, so would all the other wide receivers, and Joe Montana would just stand there and just look like, hmm. And eventually, he'd throw the ball somewhere, right? Um, so this notion of being protected in the pocket, like, Letting your linemen, letting those guys protect you and not scrambling around. So the alternative to being protected in the pocket is like if one of those guys breaks free and starts to run at you, then you got to run away. And you're like, now it's called scrambling. Like he's just like, you know, and he, now he's like running and he's like trying to throw the ball off an awkward foot and, you know, maybe getting tackled, maybe getting sacked. Um, and it's a whole different feeling when the quarterback is scrambling, right? Not protected, not safe. Like now it's, now it's time to react, not just easy does it, right? So this feeling of being in the pocket and having all day is like, that's the feeling of surrender. It's sort of like I'm protected. I don't need to react. I'm going through my day. And yeah, the food phrase out there, maybe I'm serving food to my kids that I don't eat. Maybe, you know, a colleague at work has brought in stuff for the break room that's not my food. But I'm protected and safe because I got this Brightline Eating program that's like, 
my linemen. They're, they're, the Bright Line Eating program is protecting me, and I don't have to freak out about any of it. Like, I just step back, take a few deep breaths, and let the moments unfold. I don't have to force anything. I can, like, wait and look for where my pass is, okay? What my next move is for the next right thing. So how do we do this as we're walking through the Bright Line Day? Like, what are the strategies for staying in that place of calm instead of scrambling and reaction? How do we stay in the pocket? So one thing is when, it's, when we feel like um, a guy might be breaking free and about to tackle us, right? When we start to feel panicked, set a timer for 20 minutes. Just that. And if you need to, the thought can be, I'll eat later, but I'm definitely not going to eat for the next 20 minutes. Maybe I'll eat later, but probably, you know, whatever. We're going to postpone even thinking about it for 20 minutes. I got 20 minutes now to knit, to do dishes, to take the dog for a walk, to make a phone call, to do whatever I want to do, but I got 20 minutes. And the t setting the timer creates a little bit of a pocket. Do you feel that? You just set a timer for 20 minutes. I have, let me just see. I'll be embarrassed if I don't, but I think I do. Uh, where are they? I got a oh, one right here. I bought a ton of these on Amazon. I've got dozens of them. <laughs> I keep them around the house. These timers are so great. They make loud beeps. And yeah, um, kitchen timer, right? They're, they're magnetic. You stick them up someplace. Anywhere I go now, some of that is so I can time my kids, you know, uh, you got 10 minutes to take your shower, ready to go, whatever. Those timers are super helpful. Set a timer for 20 minutes. Here's another one. Ready for strategy number two to stay in the pocket? Set a timer for two minutes and sit and breathe. Now, this is a really good one if you're at a party. You don't really have 20 minutes, right? You're, at a, you're out to dinner with your family. Go into the bathroom, get out your phone, set a timer for two minutes, and you can sit and stare at it even. Watch the timer come down for two minutes, and for two minutes, just sit there in your, in your stall, and breathe in through your nose and then out through your mouth with the longest out breath that you can, the longest exhalation that you can. Two minutes. Two minutes makes all the difference if you're actually breathing. For two minutes, you feel that create a pocket? A little pocket of safety? Yeah. Another strategy, and you learn this in the boot camp, is to create an emergency action plan and actually have it pinned up on the fridge, in your phone as a list or a note, uh, on a piece of paper in your pocket, in your wallet, whatever. And an emergency action plan is a list of things that you're going to do if you feel scrambly. If, you, if you're not in the pocket, you're scrambling and you're like frantic, right? An emergency action plan creates that pocket. So it could be a list of set a timer for 20 minutes, set a timer for two minutes to breathe, text my friend Jan, who's doing Bright Line Eating, whatever, uh, some kind of buddy that you have, some kind of friend in the boot camp, you know, there's a buddy list and so forth. Um, it could be, you know, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to take a bubble bath. It's an, an emergency action plan is a list of things that you're going to do. Social support is great on there. The breathing, the meditation thing is great on there because there are certain things, making a gratitude list, there's certain things that research shows uh, replenish your willpower. So you want to have those on your emergency action plan. It's just a list of things you do, right? 
So that's the first analogy and sort of the strategies that um, fall out of that one. But the next one is this other analogy. Now, this is the one that I said to my Bright Lifer on the accountability call a couple weeks ago. She said, what's the feeling of surrender? And I said, all right. Having a brain that lands you in bright line eating, whether because, because of a weight issue or a food obsession issue or a health issue or maybe all three, is a little bit like waking up in the hospital strapped to a gurney. Like, let's, let's face it, you didn't choose to be here. Like, it was not your best plan to develop a weight problem, a health problem, a food problem, whatever kind of problem you've got, and struggle for years to solve it, and then have to wind up in some program where you're being told to not eat sugar and flour with a bright line, like a clear no-tolerance policy, right? That was not your plan, I'm wagering, <laughs> right? And even though it kind of happened gradually, like the moment of realizing, oh my gosh, I think I need a solution that's as potent as bright line eating is a little bit like, and surrendering to it and actually doing it, like actually signing up for it. If you're one of the people that's signing up for the bright line eating boot camp this week, it's a little bit like waking up in the hospital on a gurney. Like, oh my gosh, it's come to this, right? And I don't really know what's coming next. I'm not in control of the next leg of the journey, right? I'm signing up for this program and I'm kind of going to do what it tells me to do. So it's like waking up in the hospital on a gurney. So you're, imagine you're strapped down at the neck, at the wrists and at the ankles. You're strapped to a stretcher and they're wheeling you down the hall and you're coming to consciousness right now. Imagine that. In that situation, there's kind of two approaches that you can take. You can try to have a say, <laughs> like you can try to like, you know, ask them where you're going, you know, say, hey, and try to like direct the flow of traffic or, you know, say, hey, you know, where's my family? Do they know, you know, where are you taking me? Am I going into surgery? You know, like, like really be vocal, strain against the restraints, start to feel bruises developing and cuts developing, or you can relax and kind of go, well, all right, <laughs> I guess they're taking me where I need to go. And maybe I'll trust that they got it covered, you know? Maybe I'll relax so I don't hurt myself and I just relax into these restraints and just go, okay, this situation will actually go better if I don't weigh in. Like if I just let it happen for a little bit here. I'll just trust. I'll trust that they got it covered. Because really, what am I going to do, right? I'm strapped to a gurney in a hospital. I'll let them handle it for now. You know, at some point in the future, I can figure out what's going on, and I will, and I'll weigh in and whatever. But now's not the time. Right now, this will go better if I just relax and just trust the restraints that I'm under. That's kind of the feeling, that feeling of, do you feel that there's some kind of um, relief and safety and just trusting in that situation. Like they got it covered, they do, They're, you're, you know. <laughs> It'll all come clear in a little bit. That's the feeling of surrender, that feeling of deciding, it is a decision to just let go and trust and just be wheeled where they're taking you. 
So let me give you some examples of strategies or behaviors that fall out of that mindset. It's a little bit of the, you know what, I'm just going to follow the program the way it's outlined. Because you know what, if I, um, if I could have figured it out, I would have up till now. Like my best thinking got me here. So the program suggests no exercise. I'll give that a try. I'm not going to say, what about yoga? What about walking? What about, can I, can I, can I, can I? How about I just lay off the activity for a bit and rest like they're suggesting I rest? Just trust. How about I just eat what they're suggesting and not try to change the food plan, not try to, yeah, but the thing, not try to ask for a bunch of foods that aren't on the food plan. Why don't I just eat what they're suggesting for a little bit? There's a lot of foods on here. There's a lot of choices. Why don't I just choose among those? Read the food plan documents carefully and just follow them. Why don't I do that? Just for a bit. How long is a bit? Here's a strategy for you. If you need a mental time frame of like, well, when can I start exercising? When could I try, you know, maybe some foods that aren't on the food plan, see how they're working for me. Why don't you give it four months? Because four months is a span of time where if you're really surrendered to the program, if you're really relaxing into it, in four months, your brain will have developed quite a bit of automaticity and it will have healed a lot. And in four months, you'll have a different brain. Now, what a lot of people do four months in is they think, okay, well, it feels pretty easy now, but this used to be the biggest problem of my life. Maybe I'll keep doing it for another little bit just as it's outlined, because it's actually really working, right? And then other people very carefully, very mindfully, with a lot of the support that they've developed in the boot camp, you know, try something. Maybe they call in for coaching and say, here's what I'm thinking about trying. How does that sound to you? Does it sound like I'm fooling myself? Is that my saboteur in the mix? Or is this a sane experiment to run? So I never deny anyone their research. And you don't have to listen to this vlog at all, right? Like you could do bright line eating exactly how you want to do it. I'm just saying, like I coach a lot of people and I've noticed that the ones who come in with the attitudes that I'm talking about here, this like ease into the pocket, surrender like you're on a gurney. <laughs> um, the ones that come in with that attitude, you know, often experience success beyond what they're anticipating a wholesale transformation in their lives, in their bodies, in their health, in their outlook, in every way. Now, one thing that um, you haven't heard me say is that the attitude of surrender or the experience of surrender um, will mean that you'll feel confident and not scared at all. I didn't say that because it's not true. In fact, Often, the people who are the scaredest do the best. <laughs> it's sort of like the healthy fear that keeps you from stepping too close to a cliff, right? If you're scared of your food addiction or the, the un maybe you don't consider yourself a food addict, which is fine, the unhealthy foods and your 
ability or lack of ability to refrain from eating them, you know, if, if you're kind of feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of giving up those foods. I'm terrified that I won't be able to give up those foods. I'm terrified what it'll feel like if I give up those foods. I'm afraid of the withdrawals. I'm afraid of the cravings. I'm afraid of all of it. If that's how you're feeling, uh, that's fine. I actually think that's a little healthy. Of course you're scared. If you're scared, of course you're scared. Maybe there's a little bit of excitement in there too. That's awesome. Maybe you're so excited that you're not even feeling the fear. That's cool. I'm not saying you have to feel scared, but I just want to point out that you can be surrendered and scared at the same time. Totally. Um, and some amount of fear is completely like rational, <laughs> of course, right? Like you failed at this particular thing, this weight loss game, your whole life trying again would be terrifying. Should be terrifying. It's fine. So I guess I want to wrap up this vlog by just saying, um, welcome. I know there's just a huge, huge crop of new people discovering bright line eating for the first time this week, last week. Um, I've been having a ball doing all these Facebook lives and webinars and you know, you can click down below if you're watching this vlog in a timely fashion, like right as it's being released, we'll have a button down below um, where you can, you know, check out whatever's live right now. If you're watching this vlog in the future, that ship will have sailed, which is fine. You can go to the website, brightlineeating.com. Um, maybe you're already there and click the get started page. But right now in time, I've got webinars happening. You know, registration is open for the boot camp. It's super exciting. Um, mostly, I just want to say welcome. Welcome. We think of things differently around here. We do things differently around here. And it's working for a lot of us. We are helping people get into right-sized bodies um, like no other program in the history of the world. We have data to back that up. That's not, I know that's, uh, that sounds like a very um, huge statement to make. Um, I don't make it lightly. Um, but don't take my word for it. Try it. See if it works for you, right? It doesn't work for everybody, but um, it's working for a lot of people. So if you can try to keep in mind that attitude of surrender, which just means trust, you'll know you're doing it when you're letting go for a while of your way of doing things and just doing it the bright line eating way, just to see. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it will. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.